Inside Story on BFM 89.9. Good evening. You are with Lee Chui Lin and Sharad Kutin. Tonight, do you think Malaysia is a friendly country? A recent survey has ranked us a second in Asia's friendliest countries. So first, we'll be exploring what exactly makes a country friendly and welcoming. And then later on, we'll be hearing from you. So tell us, do you think that we, and of course our country, are indeed very friendly? Is that the word you would associate with Malaysia? That number to call is 7733-2900. Tweet us at BFM Radio and send us a voice note or WhatsApp at our new mobile number, 018-789-8899. This is Inside Story. It is 6.08. So, Malaysia is second um, in the list of Asia's top five friendliest countries. Worth saying, of course, who this is by. Um, This is a survey rating by Insider Monkey, which is a financial website which provides trading and hedge fund data. So, I'm not necessarily sure that they are... um our go-to folks <laughs> on <laughs> this kind of survey. Yes, um, but nonetheless, you know how it is. We make a list, we talk about it. So uh, we are the 15th friendliest country overall in the world, uh, the 16th most immigrant-friendly country in the world, and then in Asia, second. You know, I think what is interesting where there might be a connect with uh, finance and a financial uh, website is that people want to know, especially this kind of nomadic, you know, class of people who make money wherever they are, uh, they want to know where to settle, right? They want to know which city would be nice to have a toehold in and, you know, what property they might buy there and in order to have a good quality of life. And so, you know, this might not be as bizarre as... Um, as it seems, though, on the face of it, when you when we got to 20 most immigrant friendly country in the world, I, I paused. Lynn, I genuinely paused because I think in terms of immigration, right? So maybe we're talking about here expatriates rather than the working class immigrants who, you know, in many ways have quite a raw deal. And we've had um, we have problems on, you know, with human trafficking. And we had the one Kalyan, uh, uh, you know, uh, m- murders, you know, out there in Perlis. So it's not like we're that good when it comes to immigrants, but maybe... Which kind of immigrants? Yeah, Yeah, this is exactly it. Because I think, um, look, I already said, and I I thought that it was important, trading and hedge fund data. So I'm not sure that this is a website that is particularly interested in the plight of the migrant worker. Um, And instead, they are looking at it more from the point of view of um, affluent remote workers who can afford to live as expats. Or I I know that people don't like the distinction made between expat and migrant worker. I'm just making it for the purposes of this this exact conversation, because frankly, the words carry different connotations still. they continue to summon up uh, different, you know, mental visions of who it is that we're talking about and how much spending capital they bring to our country. So there is all of that. But we're um, we're laying that out just to kind of indicate that we're not taking the survey particularly seriously um, and that there are larger questions to be had about this notion of immigrant friendly and the like. But if we talk about friendliness, um, this is an interesting word, I think, to use as a description for a country because some countries, some regions, actually bank their entire reputation on friendliness and some others do not. Um, Off air, uh, our producer Alia and I were talking actually about how, for example, Paris is famously unfriendly, that that it's part of the allure, that if you go there and someone says, hello, um, bonjour, you 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 recoil because it's not what you promised. Yeah. (laughs) In fact, there are countries where if you told the, the population that they weren't particularly friendly, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be too upset. They because, wouldn't bat an eye, yeah. yeah. because that, in fact, is their self-description. You know, I, I went to Helsinki years ago and um, the bartenders don't smile. I mean, <laughs> the service staff don't smile. Okay, so, yeah, um, and they don't consider themselves particularly uh, friendly people. And they, not because they think they, you know, um, I think it's because they do think they, that is their culture. They, they're quiet, they're reticent. They can, friends can go to a pub and sit quietly with each other for hours, not speaking a word. If you said this to a Malaysian, though, if you came up to a Malaysian and said, oh, you know, Malaysia's not very friendly, I think we would be insulted because I think our self-perception is that we are, in fact, a friendly people. It's interesting. But, you know, according to this thing, we rank ahead of uh, Vietnam, the Philippines and Singapore. And and I... Singapore I for sure. Uh, Singapore is, is... It goes without saying. But um, I'm surprised Singapore's in the top five. But... Um, but 
Philippines, that we're ahead of the Philippines. I am a little bit surprised by that. So anyway, lots to unpack about this notion of friendliness and how it relates to Malaysia. But let us know, um, do you think that we and our country are indeed very friendly? Is that the word you associate with us? And in fact, um, have you been to a friendlier city or country that you'd like to talk about. That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine and tweet us at BFM Radio. It is 6.13 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sherrod. We are talking today about friendliness and whether Malaysia um, is in fact the second most friendly country in Asia. Um, We're asking you, do you think that we and our country are indeed very friendly? Is that the word you associate with us? Um, are there friendlier places you'd like to talk about? That number to call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now, we have Nigel Wong, who's president of uh, MATA, the Malaysian Association of Tour and Travel Agents. Nigel, thanks for speaking with us. Pleasure to be on again, guys. So before we get into uh, what this ranking actually means, the term friendliest city or country seems to be a rather subjective one because, you know, of uh, everybody's personal experiences and preferences. How would you define what it means for a uh, place to be friendly? Well, I think like you said, Lynn, um, friendliness is, is really a really subjective thing because it depends on your background, what you're looking for, where you're going, um, you know, I, I could be a Muslim, for example, going to a place where there are no facilities. And to me, that may make an impact and say, maybe it's not such a friendly place after all, even though the locals may be friendly. So on that note, it's kind of subjective. But if I would, to broadly speaking, put it in terms of what a tourist might uh, consider uh, friendly, it might actually come down to a few Uh, basic requirements. Um, First off, of course, it's going to be uh, the actual friendliness of the people themselves. How hospitable are they? Uh, Do they, uh, are they warm? Are they, you know, uh, engaging? Uh, That's subjective, but that's going to be one of the key indicators of whether uh, a place is going to be friendly, right? Uh, Secondly, of course, it's also going to be about uh, language. Uh, And so a place that speaks languages that are uh, more widely spoken worldwide or they have a variety of languages that they speak. In this case, I would say Malaysia is actually pretty good, right? Um, Number three would be accessibility. Uh, So is the place convenient for people to get around? Um, Is it easy for them to find transportation? Uh, Is it too expensive or is it affordable to uh, to, to go between places in the destination? And of course, uh, we're also looking at facilities and convenience. Uh, Do they have the sort of food that I can eat? Um, Is the accommodation up to my expectations? Are they comfortable? Is the place clean? And so all of this put together will more or less uh, loosely determine how friendly a place is going to be to a tourist. Nigel, what's the friendliest country you've visited and and, and why? Uh, that's going to be a very tough question to answer, uh, Sharad. Um, I visited many countries and they're all very friendly in their own way. Um, but after traveling extensively, I'm actually still going to say Malaysia is actually pretty high on my list of friendly cities. <laughs> oh my goodness, you get 100 points for, for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm being honest, guys, though, really. <laughs> 
Is there, though, a distinction to be made then about how a country is perceived as friendly uh, by both residents or travellers? And I'm asking this, you know, following you essentially saying that the country where you're from is still, you know, the one that you find friendliest. Mm, okay, so again, I'm, I'm looking at it from a, a travel perspective, right? Uh, um, you know, um, there are a lot of other factors, livability, economic viability, all, all that, right? But as a tourist, um, the first thing that really gets me is, and, and I'm really nitpicky about this, is when I go to a place and the people are rude, you know, not just unable to communicate kind of rude, but really not very hospitable at all. Uh, and I've been to so many countries, and Asia, of course, ranks among the highest. Um, Malaysia is great simply because hospitality is, you know, ingrained in our culture. People just try to help, even if they really can't or don't know how to. Uh, I've been down to Singapore quite a bit, and although I love my Singaporean friends there, uh, even they most of the time will probably admit that Singapore is not the most friendly country to be in. You know, um, Thailand is great, for example, but friendliness of the people that's high on my list. Uh, secondly, um, to me, look, I'm Malaysian. Food, it's all about food. You know, so when I talk about food, I'm also talking about convenience. When I go to a place. I want to know that I'm going to be able to get uh, variety, not just the stuff that I want to eat while I'm visiting a country, but maybe even the stuff that I'm used to. You know, you, you get that odd craving for rice, being Malaysian, Chinese especially. Uh, and it's nice to know that I'm going to be able to get to a Chinese restaurant somewhere uh, or a restaurant that serves rice to satisfy those local cravings that I may have. Um, and of course, Again, to me, it's going to be about how accessible it's going to be. So when I when I land, uh, when I get off at the airport, I want to know that all these places I want to visit, they're going to be within easy reach, whether it's, you know, by flight, by train, getting an Uber or a Grab in this case, you know, and being able to find my way around. And, and so that's where language comes into play. Um, so I don't know whether I've answered your question, but that basically puts Malaysia as one of the uh, more friendly countries visit, you know. Nigel, I just want to get this question out of the way because I think maybe people, when they think about the notion of, of being friendly, uh, you know, kind of distinguish between people who are genuinely friendly and people who form, it's a kind of formality, right? So they are, I don't know, forced by culture to always smile or to bow or whatever it is, and they don't necessarily love you or have warm feelings towards you. As a traveler, do you think the, this idea of being genuine is important at all? Um, look, I do think being genuine is always important. It, it really enhances the experience you get when you travel. Uh, and even then, you, you know, if we're talking about doing business, people who are genuine always adds a dimension to that relationship, right? So, the issue of genuineness should always be there. I mean, it's nice to have, and it's great when you do get really genuine people. But in terms of traveling, I don't often have the opportunity to engage in depth with everybody I meet. And so even that, uh, if I use the term loosely, very shallow uh, or superficial, or maybe even just a courtesy uh, uh, hospitality or, 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 or uh, engagement that I get, uh, even that is enough for me to feel that the place is friendly enough that I can stop and just ask for something as simple as directions to the closest toilets, you know, or what a particular sign means or where I'm going to be able to change money or grab a bus, right? And so I don't need a lot of genuineness when it comes to that. I just need people to be accepting and responsive and perhaps point me in the right direction. Nigel, what would you say is uniquely Malaysian about our version of friendly? Um, how are we unique if we compare ourselves to others? Okay, uh, I'm speaking broadly, of course, but I tend to believe that uh, our hospitality just means that we are not hesitant to help. Now, uh, people may interpret this in many different ways, but I'm talking again about the perspective of a visiting tourist. Uh, I have observed on my own and even have helped out on my own uh, the many tourists that we've had in the country. Uh, and I haven't seen, generally speaking, Malaysians, whether they're people on the street or whether they are frontline service staff, actually turn down the request for help. 
And even in broken English, in most cases, they will try their very best using gestures and hand signals and, you know, all kinds of things to try their best to help you. Sometimes it doesn't end up all that well, but they are very open and not afraid to engage. You know, Nigel, I've had it said to me that, you know, the one thing that's true of Malaysia, that's not necessarily true of the region, is that Malaysians very easily invite you into their homes. And I don't know if that's a sign or a, a data point in a discussion of friendliness. But um, I want to ask you this, you know, with regard to uh, our willingness to engage in conversation, to make an effort to welcome people, whether it's within our own communities or extending it to tourists, does this exist? Um, I think in a big way, it is ingrained in our communities. Uh, I mean, if you look at uh, all the races that we have here, we're, we're very uh, we're very hospitable people in that way. We have a code, if you like it, you know, that's ingrained in our culture and perhaps even reinforced by the fact that we are Malaysian. So there's that identity going around. And I think there's also that um, pride, you know, in being uh, as we are. Now, about welcoming people into our house, uh, figurative speaking or literally speaking, um, I think that idea that we are welcoming, you know, is what sets us apart. And like I said, whether we are able to really help somebody, uh, we're going to try anyway. So... We are, however, also ranked as the 16th most immigrant-friendly country in the world. And Sharad and I were talking earlier about what that term immigrant might mean. It's hard to say in the context of the survey. But do you agree with where we're positioned? Um, I think we're talking about legal immigrants. I would say it's a fair assessment. But, you know, I, I think that should also include uh, some of the other policies that we have towards uh, refugees, for example, who may one day become immigrants themselves. And I think that as far as Malaysia is concerned in terms of policy, uh, I think we could do a bit better. Uh, we're at number 16 after all. So the only you know thing we can aim for is moving up that ladder. Um, like I said, in terms of the legal aspect of saying, are we immigrant friendly? We are. Fair assessment. But there is room for improvement. Now, there are other cities on the list. The five uh, most friendly countries in Asia in descending order are Vietnam, Philippines, Singapore. What do you think about their positions on the list? Uh, I think that's also a very fair assessment. Um, again, if you look at the Asian culture as a whole, and particularly in Southeast Asia, uh, we're so used to having uh, tourists come through our doors from way back when, you know, and we are also so used to being more or less a very tourism-centric uh, region, uh, especially the countries that we're talking about. Vietnam, uh, one of Vietnam's key sources of, of, of income or industries is tourism and will continue to be tourism. Singapore entertains so many international guests by virtue of its, uh, you know, its, its reputation as an events uh, and a commercial center. The Philippines, uh, also very traditionally uh, a very fun-loving culture, you know, uh, even the tagline previously has uh, changed since then, but the previous tagline was, it's more fun in the Philippines, you know, uh, actually embodies the, the culture of the people themselves. But Nigel, um, can I just stop so, you there? Sorry yeah. I would stop you, because I want to say this on behalf of Lynn. Lynn says... Mm -hmm that, you know, the Philippines surely is friendlier than Malaysia. It, theoretically. In my mind, <laughs> so, that's how are it we is. More, are we more, <laughs> Nigel, are we more friendly than the Philippines? Well, I think the Philippines is definitely more fun, that's for sure. Um, I have been to the Philippines on a number of occasions, uh, not necessarily as a tourist on business. There are still areas where they are not so friendly. Um, so I would say that as a people, as a culture, the Filipinos are generally friendly people, more open. But as a country as a whole, uh, Malaysia, because of who we are and our facilities and where we are at this point in terms of development, we do actually rank, in my opinion, uh, a bit higher than the Philippines. Now, having said that, uh, the United Arab Emirates took the top spot as the friendliest country in Asia. Could you help us understand uh, where this notion of their friendliness comes from? Is it cultural? The no, the Filipinos in the UAE. Uh, yeah, that, that <laughs> might be where it is. <laughs> Good point. I, I have seen more Filipinos uh, in my recent visit to the UAE than, <laughs> than, than other races, but um, point noted. Um, 
Look, the UAE is a very interesting case. Um, they've actually transformed uh, a lot uh, over the last uh, decade or so. Uh, they've become so much more uh, tourism-centric. Uh, maybe it's because of the direction they're taking in terms of where their economy is going. But when the UAE makes an effort to do something, and that's also translated to the effort to become a tourism uh, a hub uh, or destination. They really go all out. And I can't speak for uh, the behavior of people uh, alone because I've only been to the UAE a few times. But I do see from the way they're positioning the UAE, the changes that they're making, the openness and inclusiveness that they are attempting to, to put out, that I would say that they're very well in a great position to possibly become one of the friendliest tourism destinations on the globe. Nigel, we, unfortunately, we have about a minute uh, left with you. Final thoughts for us? Well, the only thing I can say is Malaysians keep up the good work. We do have a reputation to uphold and visit Malaysia years in 2025. We should be aiming for that. But um, Malaysians, you're doing a great job. Keep it up and keep getting better. <laughs> Nigel, thanks so much for speaking with us today. Pleasure. That was Nigel Wong, president of the Malaysian Association of Tour and Travel Agents, talking about the fact that uh, our country has come in second in Asia's top five friendliest countries. This is, I will say again, not a scientific survey. It was put up by a finance website, but nonetheless is interesting, I think, as a concept to discuss. So lots of messages and voice notes already coming in. Let us know what you think. Um, do you think that we and our country are indeed very friendly? Is that the word you associate with Malaysia? Let us know. That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine and tweet us at BFM Radio. Beyond frivolous matters, BFM eighty nine point nine. The business it station. It is 6.38 and you are listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sherrod. We are talking today about friendliness because... Um, a recent survey has Malaysia ranked second in Asia uh, in terms of friendliest countries. And we want to know whether you think that indeed we and our country are very friendly. Is that the word you associate with Malaysia? Um, have you been somewhere else that you would consider friendlier? That number to call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. So we've got quite a lot of voice notes actually. Let's start with this one from Anas. Opportunity to go to Egypt, the Egyptian would call Malaysian Ahsan. Sorry, um, we, we cut off a little bit of Anas there at the start. We'll try again. I really, really like this topic because when I had the opportunity to go to Egypt, the Egyptian would call Malaysian Ahsan Nas, which means that we are the best of people because of how kind and uh, how. Uh, you know how we show our sopan santun to others when we are abroad and of course in Malaysia as well when we receive others so that got me thinking about you know perception of others are gauged by how that one particular individual treats you and that is how we you know perceive other people as well you know when when other for example uh, which are definitely also reflected on how we treat migrants which are definitely uh, different uh, from from expatriates which i don't think should be the case and uh, we should always treat everyone with respect Anas, thank you for that. You, I think, bring up several points. Um, let's come back to the point about migrants and expatriates because I think that that speaks to something. Um, but that point about how basically... Essentially, if one Malaysian family treats a group of travellers very well, then we get reputational points for years. You know, that, that, that is kind of how it works. Yeah, absolutely. And Anas, you know, I, I too had the 
uh, opportunity to go to Egypt last year and experience Egyptian hospitality. I remember being in a small, um, in Luxor actually, no, no, actually it was not a town, it was a town before Luxor, but it was a small dusty town and it was the eve of Ramadan and it was it was raucous, very unlike Malaysia. And uh, and just this uh, random lady invites the women in my group uh, into the mosque and you know, and gives them an experience of the mosque. And it was just, and they came out at feeling like, you know, they were buzzing because uh, I didn't get that experience because it wasn't a <laughs> random man, you know, uh, who invited them. So, but, you know, like you're right, you know, Lynn, that, that's just one act, you know, goes a long way. People will talk about it. They will feel that warm, buzzy, cuddly feeling uh, for a long time. It's a community thing, right? Mm. Um, in many aspects. Now, to that point about the difference between migrants and expats, that that should not necessarily be the case, that it shouldn't be something that persists. I think that this speaks to something. Sorry, I, I know that this is a nice, um, in many ways, a, a, a happy, touchy-feely show, but and it will likely remain so, but there is also something to be said about the ways in which we treat people from different countries and backgrounds, that if we perceive somebody to be more... Um, upwardly mobile, if we perceive somebody to be, in the past at least, very much so from the West, that our treatment of them might be much more friendly and warm than it would be of somebody closer to home who we think of as less than us. Yeah, I think that's true. And unfortunately, it's a reputation we... Um, you know, we get in other countries. I've been to in a country like Vietnam, where I've met somebody who had a terrible time as a migrant worker here, and you know, and he was so upset, uh, and, and you know, because he was reminded by people around him that I was not personally responsible for his bad mm. experience. But because that's what we we do when we when we behave badly. But I mean, to say on behalf of, I think a lot of Malaysians who are really good with everybody, including you know, migrant workers, th- there is in fact, uh, and I've seen it myself that people can be good. I mean, they're, they're not always is nasty to migrant uh, workers but but it's something certainly as Nigel our guest said earlier it's something we can improve on So Munif um, has a point about that but also others saying I never understood our tourism slogan of Budi Bahasa Budaya Kita I thought politeness would be a universal norm right? That all changed when I travelled to Western Europe in 2012 and the retailers and restaurant workers were cold and snappy in general Singapore is no better in my personal experience an MRT ticket person snapped at me for pronouncing class Key as Clark Quay. Let's see you come over here and say Kodiang perfectly first time out. That's when I realised that Budi Bahasa truly is Budayakita, especially to its tourists. Even the mud rampits get cordial. Also, if you ignore the bigots online, we're also friendly towards migrant workers in the flesh, not just with expats. You always find Malaysians being real friends with migrant workers at mamaks and shops and services that we regularly frequent. I criticise Malaysia for a lot of things, as you know, but this is legit. We are a friendly bunch somehow. Yeah, I agree with you, Manif. I, I, mean, I see, uh, you know, when it comes to the question of migrant workers and how we treat them, yes, I think there's there are all the, the kind of negative stories out there, but there are also lots of positive stories. You see it, I see it in my own neighbourhood that has not just migrant workers, but also some refugee communities. Uh, the Chin community was uh, a big community in my, uh, in my neighbourhood. Uh, but I want to say something about uh, Singapore, though. You know, you know, many years ago, Manif, there was a campaign and it was basically, it was like, uh, your smile is worth a billion dollars. And it was not about the intrinsic value of your smile. <laughs> it was about its extreme... I mean, the, the, the fact that smiling added to this economy of the experience of Singapore. And therefore, if people in Singapore didn't smile to foreigners visiting the country, <laughs> it would be damaging to the economy. It's a very Singaporean approach. Wasn't it? Yeah. it is. So that's what I was saying. So it's not like, what, oh, you know, your smile is worth, you know, it's priceless, it's worth its weight in gold. I mean, not that smiles can be weighed, but you know what I mean. Uh, so Singapore does have a unique um, approach, very pragmatic approach to friendliness. I sometimes think that we're too close to Singapore to objectively be able to assess whether they're friendly or not, in that um, we're cousins, right? So they don't necessarily treat us like guests, they treat us like cousins. So I feel like when you visit Singapore... And people know that you're from Malaysia and it's pretty easy to recognise. We sound different. We sound similar but different. We look similar but different. There are a lot of things going on. Um, I I think we don't maybe get the Singapore hospitality treatment because they just don't extend it for Malaysians. And that's fine. I I think that it works the same way. We're just too close. So I actually find it hard to assess. We would need to be from further afield, I think, going to Singapore to be able to accurately say, for real, whether or not Singapore is friendly or not. It's just a very 
very difficult one to to assess. Um, okay, we have this from uh, Renate from Subang, who says, I'm German and I've been in and out of Malaysia since 1996. I've worked here with UITM in Shah Alam. I have family and I've travelled. I think compared to Germany, Malaysia is very friendly. At the beginning, I got help and even a lift from people around me. My colleagues helped me from day one to find my way around, to introduce me to others, to explain the food. And very importantly, I see the people running restaurants will do their best to serve you even when they're already clearing up and closing down. The only difficulty I have is to get permanent residency, although I invested in a house and I'm definitely more spending uh, than ever taking, I'm spending more than ever taking from Malaysia, but maybe one day I will succeed. Renata, yeah, yeah. So this is the difference between the people of Malaysia and the government, government yeah. of Malaysia. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's something I think also expresses itself at entry points into a country, right? So one of the, sometimes people can be very friendly, but boy, when you're in the airport, the immigration officer needn't be, right? And I've had a lot of experiences in countries that I actually would conclude were very friendly. Uh, immigration wasn't. And I wonder if that also sours some people's experience of a country. I have long thought this about Australia, specifically Australia, um, because they, um, because in general, I think the general, um, the the sort of broad perception of Australia is the good day mate, the sunny smiles, the the kind of easygoing attitude. It's not necessarily at the level of the Philippines where, you know, it's more fun in the Philippines. It's not like that. But I think that they pride themselves on a certain easygoing nature. And um, but of course, because they are the continent that they are, because they have these very strict border patrols with good reason, the airport staff, it's a completely different experience to what you'll find in the rest of the country. It's a thing. Yeah, they're very strict. Uh, they're very strict about your oh, your shoes and yes, you, you yes. brought mud into the country. Uh, I, mean, I must say that... Dirt you know, that will harm the ants. <laughs> yeah, and you know what you get... Because, you know, a lot of... I mean, we see so many videos of Malaysians doing all the wrong things when it comes to Australian entry points. Uh, but that's another story. You know, what what is happening with Malaysia and Australia in terms of uh, people going there, maybe people overstaying there and such. But I want to come back to, you know, the idea that, um, you know, it's in our culture. And I, I, I do think that there are cultures where the care of the guest is really kind of like golden principle. It's like, you know, you have, and I've heard even use in these bizarre ways, you know, Afghanistan, when they had Osama bin Laden there, it was like, you know, he was our guest. We needed to look after him kind of mm. thing. Um, uh, but I, I mean, but at the same time, you know, um, there are places where people are much more, I think, maybe... It is pragmatic, right? There is a coldness. I mean, you don't have to shower the random stranger with with love. You know, you don't do them harm, but you don't have to. And I think that maybe differentiates uh, our culture with um, many other places in the world. Uh, Renate is back to say, and I did learn to smile more. The Germans are not smiling often enough. It does make life really better. (laughs) Renate, I must say, you know, I went to Munich many years ago, Renate, and I I met a stranger on the train uh, and I journeyed there and she said, please don't expect people that you're meeting there to be extra friendly and to be generous and all those things, right? And she and she was so wrong because the people I did meet, they were admittedly people I'd met before. Uh, they were superb hosts and they were as warm as one can be. Keep those thoughts coming. Is Malaysia, uh, and by extension, of course, Malaysians, are we very friendly? Um, is that the word you associate with us? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Best flipping moments. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 6.53 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sherrod. We're talking today about friendliness because a recent survey has Malaysia ranked second um, in terms of Asia's friendliest countries. So we want to know whether you, in fact, think that we and our country are indeed very friendly. Is that the word you associate with us? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp, 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, let's start on the side of things with Roberto. Definitely, like that. Definitely, you guys are super friendly. Malaysians are, generally speaking, super friendly. I do need to agree with Chira that depending on the kind of uh, immigrant that one are, but generally speaking, I have never, ever experienced 
any uh, mistreatment or rude face or anything else but just friendliness, support, assistance. I can tell you many stories where Malaysians come together to help me or my family when our car broke down and just just like that. A lot of people come to support and help. It's really, really, uh, I, I'm, I'm really thankful that I'm still able to, to be here after many years and, and I really don't, don't want to leave. I mean, despite the, the, the situations that are going around the world and how is the pressure internally, we know things are going, going well. And yes, you guys are really, really friendly. I always keep telling all my friends back in Mexico, Malaysians are super friendly. Thank you for spreading the good word, Roberto. <laughs> we appreciate it. I'm actually curious, before we talk about um, Roberto's kind of lovely experience of our country, I'm curious whether you would consider Mexicans friendly. Because I, I've i only kind of visited Mexico very briefly and it was through land and it border town through the United States, I want to say through San Diego. So I, I actually... You crossed the Rio Grande. Uh, yes, and uh, they were very perturbed. On foot. They were, no, no, no. Um, they were very perturbed by, uh, they could not understand where my stamps were. But anyway, um, I, I'm always curious because I don't feel like I got to experience really that much of Mexican culture. It was a kind of hours long detour. Um, so I'm curious. But yes, back, back to your experience of the country. I That's lovely. Yeah, you know, I... You know, Lynn, I have the same question for Roberto. I did want to ask about Mexico, Mm. partly because uh, I have, you know, experienced the Philippines. And I know so much of the Philippines uh, was shaped also by the Hispanic culture coming through Mexico. So it wasn't a direct import from Spain. It came through Mexico. And and I wonder if there's something in that in terms, especially in terms of fun, because uh, even... You know, even the religious uh, spectacles that you have in the Philippines that you might have in in Mexico are exuberant and there's fun loving and it's colorful. So I imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, Roberto, that Mexicans, like Filipinos, uh, are just more fun. Well, uh, Roberto says, yes, we are, but we're talking about Asia. But yes, we are also super friendly, which which is what I would have expected, actually, as an answer. Um and I think also, by the way, that while Malaysia is friendly, in many ways, a country is as friendly as you are, right? Because it's also about your personal openness to it. If you're going to walk around not speaking to, to people, um, not making eye contact, which is fine. I'm not, I'm not, you know, kind of bagging on it. Simply that if you visit a country and you're not kind of open to experiences with people, then people aren't necessarily going to go out of their way to be friendly to you, a stranger, right? It, it's also about, it kind of goes both ways. Absolutely. You have to kind of meet people halfway. Uh, I think uh, you have to understand the effort they have to make in terms of translating things for you. And I found that especially true. I mean, going to a country where people don't share your own language and then there's one person who does and then they make the supreme effort of translating for you all the time. So you have like this person who's a simultaneous translator for you. uh, And that's exhausting. And so, you know, recognizing that people are also making an effort to meet you halfway is, I think, part of what makes this uh, the whole experience friendly or otherwise. Well, uh, Okay, let's contrast this a little bit with a voice note from Najwa. Hi, Najwa from Kinshalam here. I think Malaysians are well-mannered in general, except, people say, except when they are driving or at the comment sections in Facebook. That's where all the curse words came out. Uh, Najwa, that's true. Um, Liv also says, I've been told by many how friendly Malaysians are and I don't disagree. We've got a good sense of humour too. But these people also do not drive. Driving with Malaysians is a really unfriendly experience. Amir concurs. Yeah, so I don't drive, which means I'm constantly friendly. I mean, I'm friendly you are from very friendly. Yeah, I actually. am friendly yeah. from morning to night. Maybe overly friendly <laughs> at times, and uh, I have been, uh, you know, pulled up for that too. So, uh, but it, most importantly, is yeah. I mean, we're just talking about the kind of you know experience, especially with strangers, right? I mean, that's where the friendliness really uh, I can operates. Facebook is really not a place for for that. I think what 
Facebook does is it's unfortunately weaponized the worst in us, right? So, uh, I mean, yes, but I would also say that actually what Facebook and cars have in common is that they're not face-to-face interactions, um, that they are when we are separated from one another and assuming the worst of each other. I, I know that's a broad generalization, but I do think in cars, the safety thing kicks up. In Facebook, the you're a stranger and I hate you, you know, kind of kicks up as well. So maybe that's the correlation. Keep those thoughts coming. Uh, do you think that Malaysia and Malaysians are in fact very friendly? Has that been your experience? Is that the word you associate with us? That number to call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine and tweet us at BFM Radio. Bodacious, fabulous minds. BFM eighty nine point nine, the business station. It is 7.08 and this is Inside Story with Lynn and Sherrod. So the briefest of updates, uh, sorry, the briefest of recaps, which you don't really need. Um, essentially, Malaysia came in second in a list of Asia's top five friendliest countries. This is according to a survey rating by a finance website, Insider Monkey. I keep bringing this up because I just want everyone to know that it is not the most scientific. We are aware um, that we are talking about it nonetheless because it is about perception and because I think it's an interesting question to ask. Um, so... We want to know, do you think that we and our country are indeed very friendly? Is that the word you associate with us? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Um, okay. okay, before we actually, I'm going to pivot a little bit because there are, con- there are messages about that. But there are also messages about another part of the survey, which was that Malaysia is ranked the 16th most immigrant-friendly country in the world. And that requires, I think, a bit more of a nuanced take because there is that question of when we say immigrant, who do we mean? Um, and that opened up the question of expats versus migrants and why there is still this distinction between the word. And a couple of people are talking about that, including um, TIDJ, who sent in a voice note. Just randomly thinking like the distinction between a migrant worker and an expatriate. Uh, I'm just thinking back to the word patriotization. Should the word or the term expat only be used for foreign workers in Malaysia who have acquired a PR status? Uh, Should then people who are just here working even if they are from European countries or from the United States, should they not then just be called migrant workers? Thank you, TIDJ. Julian is also uh, has also messaged to say, I'm not sure if you've experienced this, but do you ever wonder why Westerners who work in Malaysia are called expatriates, while our closer cousins from India, Bangladesh and Indonesia are called foreign workers? Yeah, so definitely is a class issue, right? And where you kind of fit into, um, you know, the kind of division of labor, what kind of companies and, and such as you work. But of course, um, there is also this kind of cultural hang up. And this is where I think uh, I've noticed over the years, people either, uh, you know, start because we, we think of ourselves as friendly, but we also sometimes think we're kind of overly friendly and obsequious to certain types of people, yeah. rich expatriates or rich foreigners or white foreigners. I mean, these are things that, uh, you know, then in the self-loathing discourse that we have, we <laughs> say, well, you know, this is our colonial hang-up. We yeah. think that, you know, everything from the West is good and, and, and so on and so forth. So we try to moderate that. And some people, because go the other way and then think, well, well, I'm just not now, I'm not going to be friendly with, you know, the people that we used to think of as our superiors. So it, it, there's some little twisted thing going on there. But surely, I think TIDJ and, you know, and Julian, the, the issue is sometimes about, you know, I think these are immigration categories. You know, uh, at the bot at the at the at the bottom line is it's an immigration category. It affects the way you which you come into a country and what kind of privileges or uh, you that you have or don't have. Right? Yeah, but it's also look. I agree with you, um, but I also think that when we say somebody is an expat, we're not actually we don't care what their passport says. We don't care what their work visa says. Um, you make an assumption, and uh, a huge part of that assumption is usually based on country of origin. Actually, that's not even right. Um, a huge part of that assumption is based on the color of one's skin, because you could be, let's say, um, a an Indian a person of Indian descent. You come from the United States, and people might still make assumptions that are wrong about what that is. So. 
So I think that it has to do with skin colour. Um, but then after that, it has to do with the more difficult to discern things about class and how you identify someone as, for example, being a professional um, and therefore professional equals expert. So there are all these things that go into the... Um, more unspoken, uh, subtle stuff about who we consider an expat, who we call a foreign worker, what category of work they belong to. And I think we fall into uh, particularly weird conversations when we're talking about middle income earners within this conversation, right? Like let's say somebody who is um, from Asia, has come here to work, is earning let's say 4,000 ringgit. It's, an, it's a strange category because they might be a professional worker, my point is, these categories don't serve us very well, but we cling to them because we've always used them. Yeah, I wonder if the test is whether you want somebody as your neighbour, if you want a foreigner, whether they're expatriate or, or, or part of the working class as your neighbour. Uh, though I must say, in Singapore, there's this very interesting transformation because Singapore is so affluent today, and I, I think it would be true of like a UAE or whatever, you know, that you have people from Europe who are essentially part of sort of the waitering class or whatever it is. Hey, nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's just that it it does upend some cultural and racial stereotypes that people, at least from a previous generation, maybe my generation, still hold on to about where people fit into hierarchies. Singapore has upended it all because it's just super rich. You can't tell. And I think it's you know the the working class is almost as colorful as the 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 elite and the and the and the class that with conspicuous uh, consumption ha habits yeah. we've also got another voice note from madi yes i would say malaysia is a friendly country what position i'm not sure but among the 17 over countries and uh, cities or places that i've gone to over the years we should be ranking somewhere on the top five, or at least top three. Because many places, um, they don't show the warmth, um, or the easy, uh, friendly attitude of smiling back, or trying to help, or being just talkative. That's my view. Madi, thank you for that. Um, I, I think um, I'm reminded of our guest earlier, Nigel Wong from uh, Mata, who spoke about how the term being friendly as a country is interesting because it could mean, for example, um, Muslim friendly. And you see countries around the world trying to court Muslim travellers uh, through that exact phrase, right? And so we could be talking about friendly in the sense of easy to access, accessible. Uh, you could, however, um, like you are doing, Madi, mean friendly in the really traditional sense, um, when you are in a place, how often do you smile at someone and reasonably expect to get a smile back? How often can you say a good morning to somebody and uh, reasonably expect a response and how are you? And in that sense, Malaysia is interesting. I, as, as you were speaking, I was trying to remember how often I exchange smiles with people in a day. I think it's, I think it's reasonable, actually, in the course of a day. Yeah, I smile too much. But I want to, no, it's not a criticism. I think I it's a good no, thing. I, no, I, and you know, Madi, I, I like the way you kind of like try and describe what friendliness means. And but you know, Lin, you're correct. I mean, the, commerce has turned friendly into a kind of category, right? Yeah, so yeah. child friendly, family friendly, Muslim friendly, gay friendly, all these things are terms that are used in sort of travel uh, lexicon, right? I mean, it, it marks hotels, it marks resorts, it marks, you know, uh, restaurants. And Elderly pubs. friendly. People want the silver dollar, people want the pink dollar, whatever yeah, it might so, be, they want the dollar. That, so that kind of friendly is not what Madi is talking about. Madi is talking about where we were edging earlier with, with Nigel about how genuine this is, right? Where is it, where does this feeling come from? The ease with which you can communicate or or struggle to communicate with people from a different land and so uh, I would agree with you I mean that's a wonderful way of uh, putting it Madi Keep those thoughts coming Are we a friendly country and people? Is that the word you associate with Malaysia? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio Beyond Frivolous Matters BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 7.17 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sherrod. And we're talking today about Malaysia being apparently uh, Asia's second friendliest country, according to a new survey by um, Insider Monkey. So, um, not Monkey is not a reference to the... the <laughs> 
the target group or the or the people who conducted it. Clearly. It's not a reference to anything. It's not even a travel website. <laughs> but nonetheless, we have built our show on it. It is a founding pillar. So there it is. Uh, let us know, are we and our country friendly? Um, is that the word you associate with Malaysia and Malaysians? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. So, okay, we've got a voice note. This is from Anis. I think that when we talk about friendliness, it's always related to how strong the sense of community is. So, for example, if you measure the friendliness among people in Kampung, obviously it's going to be way higher and you will feel like they are way more friendly than people who are in a more rural, oh, sorry, uh, urban area who arguably are more individualistic, I guess. Um, but also, not only like how strong the sense of community is and you know how people can actually make you feel home, but also like uh, how aware we are on the concept of you know personal space that you're entitled to not reply to people when you're not comfortable this kind of stuff and really redefining the norms like what's actually being rude and what's actually you know just avoiding anything that makes you feel uncomfortable so perhaps now we're friendly but perhaps I don't know years to come generations to come people are not so friendly anymore considering how we have changed our mindsets Anis thank you for that that's really interesting. I, I think that um, I think the notion that friendliness begins at home is a real one. Um, friendliness begins in the in your understanding of community, and that happens at a very young age. So your point about how even the the ways in which we think about being friendly, how that might shift over time, is I think a very salient one. Yeah, Anis, I love the way you kind of theorize the the story, you know, this conversation that we're having, and the way you think about the the like, for instance, bringing up the concept of personal space, right, and how that changes whether you relate to people in and in what ways you relate to them, because uh, the what we might perceive as unfriendly might just be a defense me- mechanism on the part of somebody or a sense that they can legitimately not engage because it's not required of them. It doesn't, it, they don't see it as being unfriendly, right? It's not offensive to them in their perception. So that actually is taking the conversation in a direction that I find uh, quite interesting. Uh, so this is uh, in relation to the show that I did last week, actually, before going on Chinese New Year break, which was uh, to do with hosting. I, I think that it's actually a related conversation about what we what we expect from one another socially and actually perhaps more importantly what our own expectations are for us to live up to socially right yeah. because yeah. if if it's not important to you to be friendly if it's not something that is uh, a cornerstone of your personal your, your personal belief or whatever then it's not something you're going to build. It's not a muscle you're going to build. And actually, friendliness, I think, is a bit of a muscle. Yeah, and, and uh, I think, Anish, you're completely right. It's also a cultural one, right? Because you build it, not because you're kind of individually committed to it, but because there's a pressure to do that, right? Your parents teach you about how to deal with strangers, how to deal with relatives, how what level of friendliness. And so I've been to countries where there is no expectation to be friendly to the becha rider, the tuk-tuk rider, whatever. There's no expectation. I was shocked when I went to India for the first time. I didn't find people that friendly. And there was a real sense of social hierarchy and class that, you know, in Malaysia, we don't have, you know, we everybody's uncle, auntie, regardless of class. Yes. Uh, and often regardless of personal relationship. We also have this voice note from Sri. Well, yeah, we are a very friendly country. There's no doubt about that, right? Uh, I mean, that's that's how we grew up, uh, you know, from, from our neighbors, the multicultural uh, environment, the people, right? Sopan Santun is something like, uh, you know, we are embedded with. Uh, but what uh, uh, is worrying is the current generation, you know, the, the youngsters, the kiddos these days, who are very much, uh, you know, screen friendly and, you know, they hardly look up and even talk to people. So maybe if the survey is done in the next 10 to 20 years, uh, we may rank very low. Uh, I mean, in fact, globally, that's the uh, that's the problem. But, uh, you know, we've got to do something about that, right? And inculcate uh, that uh, 
the culture of respectfulness and you know uh, you know being friendly uh, to strangers who need help who just come and approach you you know it's it's just about that that's malaysia that's us right we can we can we can walk into uh, anyone and just ask for help and yeah uh, i wouldn't say 100% you if you you know bump into someone on a wrong day uh, you know you had it but you know it's very um, unlikely compared to some other parts of the world uh, where people will be like you know can you mind your own business uh, you know do not disturb and all that no we are not like that we are malaysia sri thank you for that um i i think so anis earlier didn't make it generational specifically right it's it's just a question of whether or not there there's a shift in how we perceive friendliness sri is making it more explicit that there is perhaps a generational difference sri do you think this is so Well I think Sri uh, I think you're right to say that things are changing with regard to you know what Anis is sort of referred to like you know your sense of personal space right where you can retreat to you know and there was a there was a time that there was no real personal space I mean you know you kind of were always in a relationship with somebody or something else right uh, now you can legitimately claim to just want to retreat to your own space and be with yourself and be with your phone and, but i think in the old tactics with not the phone now you take up a newspaper like in public transit <laughs> I, i used books <laughs> yeah. yeah books people use books or newspapers broadsheet to protect themselves uh, from others um, screens i think the only thing is they're more immersive um, and they keep people going for longer but yeah uh we also have a caller with us we've got uh Balakrishnan Balakrishnan good evening what are your thoughts hi good evening Gerard and oh, MC oh DJ I think Lynn? yeah i must say hello yes hello? yes yes you're you're I on the air Malaysia is definitely a very friendly country no doubt about it i have traveled a bit i traveled to US UK Qatar any places Definitely, Malaysia is a friendly country. Forget about the race, religion, whatever. Overall, we are simply friendly. But, but, we are just one step lower than Indonesia. Indonesia is excellent. Far better than us, I believe so. My personal experience. Thank you so much for calling and for sharing. I, I think that actually, um, Itam agrees with you, saying we are friendly, but by comparison from my travel experience, Thais, Filipinos, Indonesians and Taiwanese are friendlier than us overall, even though many don't speak English, making it hard for foreign tourists. So, yeah, Itam and Balakrishnan point out all these other countries. I think you would agree, uh, Lynn, with <laughs> You're Itam. You're bringing up Filipino gate. Yeah, Filipino gate. It's a controversy now. Yeah, but um, I, I love traveling in Indonesia. I, I do find Indonesians very very friendly um, and you know when i say i'm a malaysian i think sometimes it's a test right do people perk up and become friendlier mm-hmm. um, and in most instances they do because malaysia's got a good rep around the world uh, but in countries where maybe their people have come here in significant numbers uh, i found that it, it can be a bit uh, dicey sometimes not so good because they had a bad experience but i must say when i last went to bangladesh and i told people i was malaysian I, all i got was happy stories which is which is good to hear even though i'm not sure that that's always the case and and then speaking to me in malay too mm. um okay the language thing is uh, a point that alvin is raising regarding on how friendly we are it's in our rukun negara kesopanan dan kesusilaan uh, plus we're multilingual so we're able to understand each other emotionally and mentally that's also how we spread the practice to people who visit us steve says I think Malaysians have this genuineness that's rarely seen in other countries because of our diverse culture and a strong sense of national identity where Malaysians will always be more than happy to help out because that's who we are. Yeah, uh, I, I believe, you know, Avin, Steve, and I, I, Steve I, I do think you're completely right on this. There's also this other thing, and I don't think it necessarily comes from Rukun Negara. It just comes in terms of how people think think they need to deal with a stranger right so flirting I, i find that malaysians can flirt a lot even like in a marketplace people will ask you a friendly uh, question that sort of borders on the personal but you know Maybe. keeps it free and easy I, i mean i think even the opening kind of salvo of langloi um, ah. you know it, that in langloi or langzai has its own you know connotation and that one it's n- that one transcends boundaries right everyone uses <laughs> it now so there's that yeah that's absolutely and in some countries this would be like a breach of something transgressive a yes, breach yes. of protocol and ethics you can't remark on somebody's looks for instance 
Can I say, though, that I think language is a real point because I, I do think that the fact that we have an openness and an expectation of hearing multiple languages in a day, hearing multiple tongues and not feeling put upon, not not wondering, hey, why did you switch? Why aren't you speaking my you know number one language? And, and having that kind of comfort does mean that when somebody walks up to you and struggles with um, what is most likely going to be English... Um, as, as the common tongue and tries to get that going, there is an openness to kind of be patient with it in a way that perhaps other more monolingual countries might not be. Yeah, so we come back to the France of, you know, of yeah, the yeah, earlier part yes. of the conversation. Yeah, and I, I don't know, I don't know France very well. but you know, I'm, I'm not dismissing it, France. But, no, but, just, no, but it's you know. true, right? There are countries that are much more monolingual, uh, you know, and they've obliterated, you know, linguistic differences in, within their national border, borders. But And maybe that has a consequence. You're right. I mean, in many ways, there's a kind of looseness in our communication also because we don't translate perfectly across the multiple languages that we use and hear, uh, you know, uh, in a on a day, right? So, I mean, you know, um, I just watched Raintown, you know, Alin, last night. Multiple languages, you know, left, right and centre. So, it was like Cantonese movie, but boy, I understood half of it. Uh, we've also got a message that's come in from uh, JS who says, I just want to share that for those Gen Z requiring friendliness training, just go hike in Gassing, Kiara, whatever. You will be surprised that all the hikers will greet you. It just puts a smile on your face. I recall there are always uncles and aunties greeting everyone along the way and it was such a wonderful site. This is true. You cannot ignore a cheerful, good morning, <laughs> being ch- chipped up by um, frequently and a much older person overtaking you. It's a lesson in many things. <laughs> Humility, <laughs> friendliness, all of it. Uh, okay, thank you everybody for getting in touch. We are officially out of time. You've been listening to Inside Story, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.